Today's feast of the most holy name of Jesus is especially dear to the monastic tradition in both East and West. In East, because of the prayer of Jesus, which is that indispensable element of monastic praxis. In the East, one aspires to constant, uninterrupted, ceaseless prayer of the heart. And the means taken to this uninterrupted communion with God is the gentle repetition of the healing, sweet name of Jesus. The West has a similar approach to that ceaseless prayer to which all Christians are invited. When I speak of things being cherished in the monastic tradition or having a particular value in the monastic tradition, this doesn't mean that these things are without meaning for lay folk. On the contrary, when one understands that monastic profession is not but an intensification of the baptismal profession, and when one understands that the monastic life is nothing other than the baptismal life, writ, if you will, with broader strokes and brighter colors, but essentially the same, one comes to understand that there is no hard and fast separation between what is monastic and what is, for want of a better word, secular. Rather, uh, the same means are used in married life, single life, and in monastic life, but the means are uh, adapted to one's real possibilities. There are not two spiritualities in the church. There is but a single spirituality. Monks do not have a spirituality that is in any way different from those who are not monastics. Essentially, we're in this together, and we take the same means. And the uh, privileged means for uninterrupted communion with God, as I said, in both East and West, is some form of the repetition, gentle but relentless repetition of the name of Jesus. In the East, the form taken is Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And this said with the lips, uh, with a gentle application of the mind, until the prayer descends into the heart and in some way begins praying itself. It becomes as natural, if you will, as breathing or as natural as one's heartbeat. In the West, there is a greater diversity with regard to the formula used for the prayer of Jesus. The rosary, for 
is one way of invoking the name of Jesus ceaselessly. Because when you look carefully at the construction of the rosary, you discover that at the very heart of each Ave Maria is the name of Jesus. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And so in praying five mysteries of the rosary, one pronounces the holy name of Jesus at least 50 times. So you see in this way the rosary is a form of the Jesus prayer. My favorite uh, way of invoking the name of Jesus ceaselessly is by making use of that little prayer that was so dear to the English and Irish martyrs. Jesu, Jesu, Jesu. Esto Miki Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Be to me a Jesus. This is the prayer inscribed on the reproduction or reconstruction of the gallows at Tyburn in London, the site of the execution of so many of the English and even some of the Irish martyrs. Jesus, 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 be to me a Jesus. This is the prayer that uh, I pray uh, by day and by night, uh, together with another form, if you will, of the same prayer, O Jesus, King of Love, I put my trust in thy loving mercy. And over time, this gentle, and I stress gentle because it should not be uh, the cause of any kind of stress or tension. One should not uh, so uh, apply oneself to the repetition of the name of Jesus in prayer that uh, one becomes incapable of doing what one has to do. Rather, you have to go about it with a certain interior freedom. Roundly, St. Francis de Sales would say, that is to say, with a certain interior freedom, and at the same time, gently, without introducing anything that causes stress or mental fatigue. Uh, the name of Jesus is a sacrament. What do we mean when we say the name of Jesus is a sacrament? Well, you know the definition given in the Catechism. What is a sacrament? A sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. And chief among the outward signs would be the outward sign of the name of Jesus, which means God makes whole, God saves, God heals. And this uh, aspect of the name of Jesus by which God comes to us as one who heals uh, is, is underscored uh, again and again in today's liturgy and also in the whole tradition. Uh, looking at, for instance, uh, today's lesson from the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, Even by him, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Doth this man stand here before you whole? The man who was impotent, that means incapable of doing anything 
by his own power, that's, that's the meaning of the word in this context, this man stands whole before the rulers of the people and the elders of Israel. And uh, the uh, restoration to health of this man who was formerly powerless, St. Peter attributes it to the name of Jesus. This same uh, theme, if you will, the name of Jesus as a healing balm placed on the wounds of uh, spirit, soul, and body. This, of course, is the tripartite uh, understanding of human nature that we find in St. Paul and in the Fathers. Uh, spirit is, is what is innermost, I want to say almost untouchable, in the human person. Uh, spirit is that part of ourselves that is most intimate, most secret, most sacred. That, that inner sanctuary where there is a spark of divine life. That is spirit. Soul encompasses uh, our intellect, our reason, if you will, and our emotions. And body, of course, uh, our five senses and all that holds the body together. The, uh, the fathers teach us that the name of Jesus brings healing to spirit, soul, and body. In, in this morning's lesson at Matins, uh, St. Bernard says, The name of Jesus is not only light, it is also nourishment. Do you not feel spiritually strengthened as often as you meditate upon it? Understand here that for St. Bernard to meditate means to repeat. Uh, in the 12th century, in Latin, meditare meant to repeat. So when he speaks of the meditation of the name of Jesus, he means the repetition of the name of Jesus. What enriches the mind of the thinker as does the name of Jesus? What so restores exhausted powers, strengthens the soul in all virtues, animates it to good and honorable conduct, fosters in it pure and pious dispositions? Dry and tasteless is every kind of spiritual food if this sweet oil be not poured into it. And insipid, if it be not seasoned with this salt. If you write, it has no savor to me unless I read Jesus there. If you discuss or confer, it has no savor to me unless Jesus sounds there. Jesus is honey in the mouth, song in the ear, joy in the heart. But it is also medicine. Is any one of you sad? And here, St. Bernard is addressing a very common monastic malady, uh, the malady of, of monastic melancholy, or if you will, uh, the kind of low-grade depression that sometimes takes over uh, in monasteries, uh, axedia, the Father's call it. It's a kind of listlessness, a loss of interest in the things of God, a distaste for the things of God. None of this means anything to me anymore. This is all... I can't relate to it. I can't relate to it. So I'm just going to... 
get on, put one foot in front of the other, and this is all, I don't understand it, it doesn't speak to me, this is the state of listlessness, melancholy, oppression, it's very painful, it's excruciating for a monk, because when a monk suffers from exavia, here he finds himself separated from the world for God alone, and God leaves him alone. It's a, it's, a, it's a terrible situation to be in. This, this illness, this monastic illness, uh, was not unknown to the ancients. And so St. Bernard says, uh, Is any one of you sad? Let Jesus come into your heart and thence leap to your lips. And lo, at the rising of the light of that name, all clouds disperse and peace returns. Is anyone falling into sin? Or even in his despair, rushing into the trap of death. Pretty vivid description of the spiritual woes. He's preaching here to monks. The spiritual woes that can befall one in the cloister. If he calls upon the name of life, will he not straightway return to life? And uh, one of my favorite English authors is Richard Roll. R-O-L-L-E, 14th century, uh, a kind of eccentric mystic, if you will, uh, with a personality that I can only describe as incandescent. If you read Richard Roll, everything glows. Everything glows. And he says this, If you will be well with God, and have grace to rule your life, and come to the joy of love, this name of Jesus fasten it so fast in your heart that it come never out of your thought. And when you speak to him and through custom habit, say Jesus, it shall be in your ear joy, in your mouth honey, and in your heart melody. Richard Roll had read his St. Bernard. For men shall think joy to hear that name be named. Sweetness to speak it, mirth and song to think it. If you think the name of Jesus continually and hold it firmly, it purges your sin and kindles your heart. It clarifies your soul. Uh, this, is, this is an important uh, effect of the name of Jesus. Have you ever suffered from spiritual foggyness? The... Uh, you know, the kind of, of, you're just, it's like a foggy night, and nothing is clear. The name of Jesus, he says, clarifies your soul. It removes anger, and does away slowness. Now, what is this slowness? It's the slowness to move towards God. We could call it spiritual foot dragging. That's, that's the slowness here. It wounds in love and fulfills charity. It chases the devil and puts out dread. It opens heaven and makes a contemplative man. I like that. It makes a contemplative man. And here Richard Roll is echoing the teaching of the Hesychasts of the East. They will say, what makes a man a Hesychast? 
that man, that would be a man who is interiorly quieter than God. What makes a man interiorly quieter than God? The name of Jesus. East meets west again and again here. It opens heaven and makes a contemplative man have Jesus in mind, for that puts all vices and phantoms out from the lover. The last line tells us that the name of Jesus is a kind of exorcism. Exorcism has become such a scary word because of the media. Very simply, it has to do with putting out vices and all of those thoughts that trouble the soul and all of those things that, that wound one spiritually and that wage war within us against us and against God. The name of Jesus puts all of this to flight. Sometimes, however, we find ourselves uh, incapable of uh, even saying the name of Jesus because it has almost become meaningless to us. Why do it? Why make the effort if it means nothing to you? And that's where one has to step out in faith and say to our Lord very frankly, very honestly, I'm in a total spiritual fog. There's darkness all around me. I feel nothing. I don't even want to feel anything because the ability to want to feel has departed from me. So, I'm going to say your name and call upon you, not even quite believing in what I'm doing. Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. And then see Jesus. And then see Jesus. This, this is the grace that, that I would ask today for, for all of us present here. That in all of life's circumstances, uh, on the, the dark days as well as on the bright days, in, in sickness as well as in health, in joy as well as in sorrow, in uh, days of, of virtue as well as in days of sin and, and moral failure, that uh, in all of life's circumstances, Excluding nothing, barring nothing, one be given the grace to say at least once, Jesus. And he who says it once will soon find himself saying it twice. He who says it twice will say it three times. And thus, little by little, step by step, the name of Jesus will become the ceaseless, silent song of the heart.